This episode is brought to you by our High Performance Father Coaching Program, where we help men juggle business, marriage, and fatherhood to create the greatest balance and impact life has to offer. This is done with our philosophy that is at the core of achieving these phenomenal results in family self and service. And that is investing in yourself first so you can be a true 100% for yourself, but just as importantly, for those around you that you love and care about. If you're a father struggling with choosing between your work and your family, lacking balance and connection in your relationship, what your children need, your own needs, whilst building prosperity in your business, head over to highperformancefather.com, fill out the form, and I'll have my coaches contact you to see how we can help you. And if you're a good fit, what it looks like to join the winner's circle on the inside. But for now, take the time to yourself, for yourself, and enjoy this episode. Here we are. Welcome to a special episode. We've got a very special guest with us. His name is Ren. Is it Cheney? It's not Cheney, surely. Uh, well, Cheney? The world's pronounce it Cheney. The, the stupid yeah. pronounce Cheney. That's what I was <laughs> going to say. Being half Italian, Ren, I knew that. Uh, I knew that the, the C has a has a hidden H next to it. But um, we've got Ren Cheney, one of our uh, amazing HPF members. And the reason why I say the word amazing is because this man has created some phenomenal transformations in his journey of just under four months with us, which has been incredible to say the least. And I really appreciate you, Ren, coming on and, and sharing your story first and foremost, mate. So thank you for being here. No problem. Happy to be here, mate. It, it's great because I love this sort of stuff where you men listening to this, members, I love this stuff, Ren, because we haven't done this for a little while and we've got plenty of guys to bring on. But yeah. you know, like yourself and your story, the members on the inside, man, this is going to jack them up. This is what I love about the tribe. It's like, yeah, there's Ren. He's fucking killing it. Now we're sharing his story. And and then for the guys on the outside listening to this or watching this, uh, you're going to get some insights into what a winner looks like and how a winner actually carves it out from A to B. And that's what we're going to go through with Ren's story and the biggest thing I love about this is what I was mentioning earlier, Ren, is it comes from a different voice. You guys don't have to just listen to me, this podcast, HPF, everything. I'm just a cog in the wheel and having someone, incredibly yep. strong man, a very successful businessman who dominates in that area of service. But guess what? Family and self is looked after as well. Is something that a lot of you men should be modeling yourself towards. So strap in lads listening to this or watching, make sure you pay attention and um, use this as a driver to help you pull yourself out of what might be a cycle a rut, or a pit, which has led to Possibly yep. some inevitable downfalls if you don't do something about it. But Ren, love having you here, man. Talk to me. Let's uh, let's start. We'll talk about HPF and your results shortly, um, as we will, because we like getting clear on the facts, and um, the, the facts are great. But uh, share a bit of your history, your story, some of your background, mate. And um, right, yeah. And- well, uh, I was born in I was born in Malta, um, which is a little tiny island um, just south of Sicily, south of Italy. Um, parents moved over here when I was just over a year old. Um, 150 bucks in dad's wallet. Um, you know, could barely speak English. Um, dad had a job, uh, second day they were here in Australia. Uh, that was in New South Wales. And, um, yeah, they, um, they, you know, progressed from there. I'm an only child. Um, mum had quite a few miscarriages and that there. And when they moved over here, they, they just sort of wanted to try and grow their wealth and didn't worry about growing the family anymore. Um, mum comes from a family of 13 and dad, a family of five. Um, no TVs over there at that wow. stage. <laughs> um, Definitely not. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Anyway, um, so I grew up in uh, the outer suburbs of um, of Sydney, I guess you could call it, an area called Endilo, which is sort of like a small farming, very woggy sort of area. 
Um, and then just before I, or just as I started high school, we moved to Queensland. Um, yeah, dad continued in small crop farming and stuff like that and, um, and expanded a bit up here. But, um, yeah, I guess, um, grew up in a very traditional, uh, household. Um, you know, dad was a very hard taskmaster. Um, a little bit of background on my old man. His mum died when he was just under three. His dad went off to the military, pretty much dropped him on his sister's porch and said, take care of him, you know? And, um, yeah, and that was that. So he never really saw much love or compassion or anything like that. And, um, to be honest with you, I haven't seen fuck all of it either from him. He's a, he's a top bloke and taught me amazing work ethic and skills, life skills. Like I, I could weld and do anything just about in a, in a shed that you could nearly do, um, by the age of 12, um, and all that sort of thing. And, um, but yeah, he, um, mum can't drive and I guess, you know, it was pretty lucky that she couldn't and, um, and that there, cause I reckon she probably would have left if, well, that generation probably wouldn't very, you know, not very easy. They just seem to soldier on, but yeah, I guess I uh, saw dad treat mum pretty harsh, um, pushed her to work. Um, you know, he didn't see a lot of love to even me or mum over the years, me growing up at home um yeah and all that sort of thing and i um unknowingly i guess modeled myself after him um you know when i uh got serious with my um now wife um when i was 22 we um we start my wife and i started going out you know tasha's her name and um and that and we were hopelessly in love within a few months you know i guess and um and uh yeah it's funny once i um like the passion was there and everything like that and um and we were close and had fun and all that sort of thing. And, and that, but once I got married, it's like a switch went off in my head and I just became so focused on um, work, creating wealth, creating a legacy for the family um, and the kids that were, we hadn't even had yet, you know, but it was in my mind to try and create what, what it was drummed into me growing up. And, um, and yeah, I, I stopped being fun. I, um, I stopped, um, being the, you know, the fun guy that Tash fell in love with and, um, pretty much threw myself. We, we started our own business. So I was, uh, I started off as a plumber, um, did my plumbing apprenticeship. I was sort of halfway three quarters of the way through it when I met Tash and, um, and then straight away, as soon as I could, um, jumped into business cause I already had a fair client, client, um, base around the, around the town. And, um, yeah, we fired up our own business and, um, it went from in the space of two years, just phenomenal growth went from myself and an apprentice and one tradesman to 22 staff and, um, and equipment. Um, I've always had a passion for trucks and a liking for trucks and machinery. So we had diggers, we had bobcats and all that sort of stuff. And, uh, I was very naive in business. My parents never really taught me a business background. They just, um, just work was basically what they ta- taught me um and all that sort of thing and um yeah and then uh, the good old gfc hit uh back in 2009 um late 2008 early 2009 and i um un- unbeknowing to me um you know thinking the because we had work coming out you know hell less and crooked coming at us and um and what's the name we had a fair bit of debt at the time machinery equipment sheds you know that we you know got into and all this sort of stuff and um the work sort of just stopped, you know, when, when all that um, panic hit with the, you know, the global markets and all that sort of thing and the banks. And we had um, three really big builders that we were committed to and um, and they owed us a fair amount of coin. And I'm talking like hundreds of thousands. They just vanished in the space of um, a few months of each other. You know, one dropped off the perch and another and another. 
and um, I found work um, out out west, and uh, wasn't you know wasn't really where you wanted to be. It was um, a fair way in the middle of nowhere, but um, there was a ton of work out there. And out of the twenty two blokes that worked for me, um, four came with me, and um, I looked after those fellas, you know, and that, and we we hit it out there. My bank manager actually told me you can't come back from this. And I said, all right, yeah. And I uh, leant over his desk and I um, I looked him in the eye. I said, you just keep the wolves off me for three months and book a meeting. And yeah, came back in three months and he couldn't believe how we generated so much work, work and income. And we got ourselves out of trouble. And I did that. It's funny, I did that. And um, looking back now, after what I've been through with HBF and the self-growth that I've, I've been through and developed, um, I kind of um, did all that thinking I did all that on my own. Um, well, I know I had the, the workers with me, but it, it, I did it without my wife's support, um, unknowing to me. Um, so what I'm trying to say is like she she ended up moving down to be with us, to be with me down there. And we had two little girls at that time. They weren't even in school yet. And um, yeah, and, and she came down. That was great. Um, but I never confided in her the struggles I was going through mentally, you know, because we had um, we had a really nice house back home and and stuff like that, and um, a couple of acres and um, really good business. And all of a sudden, you know, I'm down out in the middle of nowhere, working my ass off seven days a week, you know, 24 hours, or oh, seven days a week, sort of 12, 15 hour days at times, and in mongrel cold weather or bloody hot weather. And but anyway, we got through it, and um, and she stuck by me the whole time. And then uh, fast forwarding a bit, um, uh, about 2012, 13, um, I uh, sort of got um, with another builder that we moved back to the area. We moved back to Bundy and um, a builder that I used to work for many years ago. He um, took me under his wing because he was he was short staffed and um, started showing me different skills, carpentry skills and stuff like that. And he encouraged me. I guess I I developed a talent talent really quickly with him and um he encouraged me to do a apprenticeship with him a mature age apprenticeship and i did and um yeah we got through that quite well and uh, i ended up sort of taking his business clients on he wanted to retire he was getting on in his mid to late 60s and sort of took on his client base and uh went from there and the and the business just grew from there phenomenally you know it, it got going really well and it's still going today and um yeah and then We've got three girls, um, one age nine, one age 13, one age 15. Uh, they're doing really well. But, um, yeah, I guess I, how do you put it? Um, I never opened up. I was never a talker. I, um, you know, like I bottled all emotions up, um, whether it be my own insecurities or um, fears I had or anything like that. I, I didn't talk to Tash at all. I just bottled it up. And I guess I unleashed it. I knew I couldn't unleash it on workers, the frustrations or what emotions I had bottled up because they'd leave. You know what I mean? You can only treat workers pretty hard only for so long and they'll tell you to stick it after a while. And I knew I needed them. So you, you'd um, pander to their requirements, you know what I mean? You'd, and you bite your tongue and all that sort of thing. But um, yeah, I was coming home and not even knowingly I was... Um, you know, the whole family was walking on eggshells. When I'd roll in the driveway, they'd be, they'd be like, oh, I wonder what mood dad's in, you know, and I'd walk in the house and, you know, if the house was a bit of a mess or something like that, if Tash had had a rough day because I hadn't checked in through the day or something like that, I'd um, I'd start having a go at it. I'd be like, what the fuck's going on here? Like, why is the house a fucking mess? Like, what have you been doing all day? And, um, you know, and, and whatever. And I didn't know that 
you know, I probably said it even harsher than that, to be honest, and and all that sort of thing. And if the kids, if I'd be sitting at the table um, and the kids dropped a fork or spilt a drink or whatever they may have done, it would set me off. And one, start, the youngest one would usually start crying, unfortunately, because, yeah, she didn't like anyone being angry. Um, everyone else would be like walking on eggshells, um, all that sort of thing. And just made the whole scene really fucked, you know, and, um, and all that sort of thing. And, um, yeah. And, and then I'd, uh, you know, I'd get up from having tea and I'd either go back in the office and be replying to emails and, uh, or quoting or doing contracts. I'd be working till nine, 10 o'clock at night or the other habit I had was I'd just jump on bloody social media and, um, sedate myself basically just tune out you know and um and yeah which was a total fucking waste of time and the other thing i started doing too um which was probably the the biggest reason um my wife and i had you know ended up having time apart was i guess women started um what's the name they'd start you know read oh, like someone might send you a like or a bloody a message on facebook or messenger or insta or, I, or i'd send a like and and it starts from there, you know, and, the, and conversations start and you start building what would um, be just some simple, innocent messaging would suddenly would slowly turn into a bit of flirting. And then um, before you know it, you're in some sort of emotional cheating affair on, on just through messages. And I didn't even know I was bloody doing it. And um, Tash fronted me on that one day and she said, what's the go of all these messages to different women? And I'm like, they don't mean fuck all to me, I'd say to her. But she'd say to me, look, they're hurtful. And I'm like, oh, okay, but they don't mean shit, you know? And she'd be like, but they're hurtful. And I'm like, okay. And I brushed it off and I didn't realise till I went through what I've been through that I was chasing the ego boosts, you know? I, um, yeah, yeah, just my own insecurities in myself, you know, just probably not feeling enough, not feeling like I was attractive or whatever. Um, yeah, and you were chasing that outside affirmation where, in reality, I should have been getting it from my wife, you know, or I should have been looking for it from my wife. But whenever she tried to to give me that or or boost me up or anything like that, she um, I shut it down. Oh, I didn't let it in. It was yeah, quite strange. I don't know why I was so closed off to it. Um, but mm. anyway, and then um, I guess the shit hit the fan um, late last or about August September, about a year ago, I guess, last year when uh, one of my clients started to get a little bit too friendly with me and um and i i went to shut it down and um she reached out again and i thought oh well it's only a bit of innocent play and and um yeah she overstepped the mark a little bit with me and um what's her name you know and tash found out about it and she she wasn't impressed and um and anyway we had a pretty heated discussion about it and all that sort of thing and um and yeah she she uh what's her name she processed it and we talked and I thought things were going okay. And uh, we actually sought a bit of counseling too for a few months. And in myself, I knew we weren't making headway in the counseling because the bloody appointments were too far apart, you know, like um, fair enough. Counselors are busy, but you know, you might see her two weeks in a row and, um, and that was okay. You, you feel like you're making some ground and then you might not see her for six to eight weeks. And it's just felt like you're back to square one, you know? Mm. And um Anyway, um, wasn't until around about oh, it might have been March, April this year, um, I discovered that um, Tash had been messaging someone online. You know, it was no one local. It was it was all overseas stuff, like Instagram crap. You know, messages and and um, it hit me like a truck. It fucking floored me. 
Uh, she'd never, I, I never had one complaint from Tash. And, um, and anyway, she, uh, like the whole 20 years we've been together and um, we've been married 18 this October and we were together two years prior to that. Anyway, um, yeah, and we had a big talk about it and she, she said, look, you know what you've put me through over the last few years? And I'm like, yeah, I still struggled to see it. I was still like pretty dirty at her. I was still being very close-minded and stubborn that she'd gone down this road. And um, she like, what she said, the shit I've said to this fella, this other fella, she said, um, I've tried to tell you for so many years and you didn't want to hear it. And I'm like, yeah, right, yeah. So I honestly didn't even remember her trying to tell me. And um, I must have been so shut off in my mind, you know. Anyway, that's, that all stopped. And um, and then I could, but you could feel the disconnection between us starting to grow, you know. It was starting to, you know, it was different in bed, you, you know, she wasn't, you know, she's normally a, a very big cuddler and that in bed. And yeah, you just feel the disconnection growing and growing and growing. And I started to get a bit desperate, I guess. So I thought I'm losing this girl. The fuck do I do here? You know? And, um, we, we, um, stepped up the counseling, but, um, I could tell that Tash had already made her mind that it, she checked out, you know, she, um, she was pretty much done in the relationship and, um, and yeah, anyway, um, it was just after Mother's Day and she said, um, I need to talk to you. I knew what was coming. And we sat down and she said, um, I don't think I have any love for you anymore. And I don't love you anymore. I said, um, I could feel it. I wasn't even shocked. And I'm like, yeah, right, yeah. And I said, that's fair enough. And it was hard to hear. And we sat down and spoke to the kids the next day and explained to them that mum's going to have some time time away. And she went, she went and stayed with her parents and... Um, and we weren't sure how long that was going to be for. I wasn't even sure if she was ever coming back. And anyway, long story short, um, yeah, she um, she was over that. She was at my parents, uh, her parents, and um, and what's her name? We'd um, things had gotten a bit messy. Um, a few of my friends that I'd been, um, you know, fairly close to over the years. I guess when the chips are down, or, or when you're in a shit place, you realise how many good mates you really got. You know. <laughs> And, um, yeah, a couple of them or one in particular got in my ear and said, right, you, um, you need to fuck her off. You need to, um, if she's left you, she's, you know, no good and, and this and that. And he was pushing me to, you know, get financial settlement happening and all this sort of shit. And, um, and we're talking like, um, you know, excess of a couple of mil all, all up of different assets and bits and pieces, you know? And so it wasn't like just, you know, a house block and a house and you, and you just go your separate ways, you know, it, um, a business in there as well it, it gets very messy and um anyway so i sort of started the ball rolling there and um the lawyer i was i was uh i was um instructed to speak to she was an older lady and um she actually said to me she said ren she said do you still love this woman and i said um absolutely i do and i said but she doesn't love me she said hang on you still love her i said yeah and um she said you're very emotional. I can, I can feel it. I can hear it in your voice. And she said, if I can instruct you, she said, I know um, that you want to get this, get this all sorted. But she said, the other question I've got for you, she said, is your wife pushing you for settlement? I said, no, actually the opposite. Tash doesn't want to settle. You know, Tash left with no money in her purse. Um, yeah, she still had access to our bank accounts and stuff like that. That was all joint signatory. And, and she still did work every day for the business because she was my bookkeeper, our bookkeeper. And she said, listen, she said, um, I'd instruct you to just cool your heels, um, just settle down. 
let your emotions settle down before you start making some decisions you'll regret. I said, yeah, right, yeah. So I stopped talking to the old mate that was giving me the, that was pushing me to get this all cracking. And um, I basically ignored his calls for a while there and started to try and get my head in the game. And it was a pretty rough couple of months, I'll probably say four to six weeks. And um, I went through highs and lows, like you wouldn't believe. Um, one night I got that low. Um, you know, I'd, I'd almost spoken to Tash, you know, almost every day. And uh, one night I didn't have the kids with me and um, I was having a shocker of a night. I, um, you know, I was, I was uh, just petrified that she was going to meet this shining knight in shining armour and I'd lose her forever, um, you know, and, um, and all that sort of thing. And, um, yeah, one night there I got that bloody low. I'd, um, a 12 gauge was loaded. I'd actually picked the spot on the property and I was um, in the process of trying to write goodbye notes to my old man and, and Tasha's old man, so that they could be, that was the first note I was going to write, that they could be the best dads possible for the girls. And I couldn't even finish one note. I'd, I'd gotten too emotional. And, oh, it was late in the evening, and I ended up saying, fuck it, I'll put the put the 12-gauge away. And um, I ended up putting the 12-gauge away and bloody, um, yeah, went to bed. And the only person I heard from that night was Tash. She rang me to see if I was all right. And, um, yeah, I hadn't even told. Like, she had no idea what I was doing. But um, yeah, anyway, and I, I got to admit, I wasn't super nice to her, um, you know, when she, uh, when she rang and, um, but anyway, next morning, you know, it was a new day and, and we went from there and maybe a week or two might've gone past after that. And I don't know where or how, or how, how the hell I stumbled across it, but somewhere along the line, um, I've either clicked on a HPF ad or seen it or an email it wouldn't have been an email but i reckon it was on socials and i i honestly can't remember if it was facebook or insta or what it was and i'm a huge skeptic you know like we get emails every fucking day of people that want us to you know look at our website or improve things or join this or do that you know and i normally always just fuck them off but for some reason or another um yeah i clicked on it and um followed the prompts and everything like that and um lo and behold either the next day or that evening one of the coaches rang me and um, I was as honest as I could be as well, as honest as probably I've ever been actually. And um, spoke to him, told him everything straight off the cuff. And um, he said, yeah, mate, he said, we can help you. And I said, righty. And I listened to some podcasts that he'd sent me and um, holy fucking hell. One of them in particular, I can't remember which one it was now, but it was like, I was listening to the mirror talking back to me, you know, it was um, yeah. The chap that they, the podcast I was listening to, I made it just about live my life, I reckon. And it was the first time in my life I'd ever heard something like that, I guess. You know, it was, yeah, it was phenomenal. Um, yeah, it, it, it rattled me. And I'm like, holy fucking hell. And then I spent the rest of that evening um, listening to him and, and under, trying to understand him. And I'd listen to him again and I'd write down notes and, yeah, and it, it uh, and the first thing I wanted to do once I had these revelations and realizations in 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 out of all this, and I'd written notes and I'm like, fuck yeah, I've been doing those sort of fuck ups and you know and all this sort of thing. And um, I was actually straight away messaging Tash. I'd be like, hey, this this and this, and she'd be like, yeah, that's that's right. You you have been doing that, and then you know and all this sort of thing. And um, anyway, um. Yeah, bloody, um, the journey started there, I guess. And, um, 
I had there was it was with Zach and a couple other coaches there that um, we'd been de- I'd been dealing with and um, and Tash and I had started talking. I was still up and down like a yo-yo with emotions, but um, she started to see a bit of change in me. And anyway, then yeah, it was before I'd stepped it up and moved to your level, Alex, um, and that there. And um, we'd sat down and had a few chats. Tash and I had, and um, I don't know. Part of me sort of sensed that. Blokes were circling, you know, to move in on on uh, to ask her out and all that sort of thing. And um, she reckoned that um, you know no one was, but it was just a gut feeling I had, you know. And um, and anyway, um, that's when uh, yeah, one one of the coaches I was talking to said, "Listen, do you want to step it up to the platinum level and and deal direct with Alex?" And I said, "You know what? I was a little bit hesitant at the time because I'd actually in my whole life had never spent money on myself in that way, never. You know what I mean?" Um, never invested in myself in any way, shape, or form like that, you know. I, yeah, and um, didn't think I needed, you know. And mm. um, and yeah, I'm fucking glad I did. Um, hang on, someone's trying to ring me. Wasn't it? Um, <clears throat> isn't it crazy, Ren? Like that's a um, not to butt in, mate. You can speak for the whole two hours if you no, want. Right. I'll just listen. I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying hearing some things. That, you know what? Um, Either A, a little nuances that I didn't know, or B, um, stuff that I'm remembering you talking about, like that 12 gauge. It's so fucking crazy, isn't it, man? Like, think about that. You were that close, three beautiful daughters. I mean, even when you spoke about your daughter then, like the 15-year-old, that means she was born just before the GFC hit as well. So you would have been, and we'll talk about how you got to where you were, but you would have been under the pump, man. I'm a a new newfound father. Uh, I've I've got to keep pushing here. I've got to stay alive. I, I need to move west and... And, yep. and that's coming off the back of having a father who was dropped off at a few years of age who lost his mother and his father went yep. to to the military. Um yep. was doing the best with what he was dealt with and mm-hmm. probably led to, I mean, as you know now, because you're a very you're a pretty aware and intelligent man, like um, mm-hmm. especially you've got great emotional intelligence, so it's definitely leveled up to work together. Um there were obviously things that he didn't give you that became a pattern which then became the downfall oh, yeah. inevitably of your marriage, didn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I um I remember asking him um before Tash had had the yeah. our first baby, and um I said, Dad, I said I'm about to become a uh, father. I said, um, any advice? What do I do here? And uh, he said, he said all you got to do is fucking work and provide. He said she's the mother. He said she'll look after it just like your mother looked after you. He said make sure they got a roof over their head, money in the bank, and a good car, and and f- able to put food on the table. She'll be fucking right. And I said, oh okay. <laughs> you know, and even before, actually taking uh, going back a few years before, um, what's the name? He said, I oh, we were getting married, and I said, say, asked him a similar thing, you know, we were there having a yarn, and I said, Getting married, dad. He, I said, Any advice, you know? Um, and that there, he said, Well, you saw how I, you know, I was with your mother, I've had no fucking problems. He said, Just do what I've done, you know, basically, and, and all that sort of thing. And I'm like, Wow, yeah, right, looking back, I'm like, Holy fuck. You Didn't know, but, you have a chat though with them, and then your mum was bringing everything up in front of him? I remember you telling oh, me. Oh yeah, that. yeah. It was only <laughs> it was only because they, when Tash left, they they took it really hard, and um, you know they they're like, why did you reach out to other women, and why this, why that? You know, you you basically fucked it all up. And I'm like, hang on. And that's I hadn't had the revelation of what I hadn't put all joined all the dots yet about how how this all came to came to be now i'm not blaming my parents i know the buck stops with me but um i guess you you become as you grow up what you see you know what i mean and what you grow up with and i've i've realized that a lot through hbf 
seeing other fathers go through their journeys and stuff like that. And I'll tell you what, the apple don't fall far from, far from the tree, as the saying goes. And um, and then and, and then one day my parents were here. Tash had already moved out, and um, and they're giving me the third degree. They're grilling me, and I'm like, "Hang on, cunts!" I said, "You know, I said, sit the fuck down. Let me give you a bit of history here." And um, I rattled off. I opened the, the vault with him, and I rattled off half a dozen times when I was growing up and we were still in Sydney that Mum would come and absolute. I was, you know, young, under eight years old, for sure. Mum would come and bawl her eyes out by the foot of my bed because she wasn't game to go into the bedroom and, and be with dad because of how, um, because of how, um, what's her name? Um, he, he would treat her, you know, and all that sort of thing. And um, yeah, and bloody, um, and all that sort of thing. And yeah, it was very rough. Um, you know, hang on, someone's getting back to me. But yeah, it, um, there we go. And uh, so, yeah. You know, mum would do that and um, just try and think. Oh, that's right. I used to be really good at um, little little A's and soccer and all that sort of thing when we lived down south. And um, old man would blow up about, you know, having to lose work time to take me to tournaments or competitions and all that sort of thing. And he goes, oh, you fucking bring home the little fucking trophy. What's the fucking point? You know, and um, wow. she'll be picking zucchini. She'll be picking zucchinis in the paddock, you know, or, you know, we got fucking cauliflowers to pick all this sort of that, you know. Mm. I'm like, yeah, right, yeah. You know, That's and, tough, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, like I say, all he fucking knew was work. And, um, you know, and, and yeah, look, he's um, he's in his uh, late or 70s now. And um, it was only a few months ago he had a pretty big heart attack and, um no bullshit. He had a near-death experience. He was pretty much fucked on the table, but he, he came back. And um, so the so the hospital staff told us. And now they're selling up. They're fucking uh, scaling down big time, selling all the property. And I've never seen him. We've, Natasha and I have caught him kissing mum in the kitchen here and cuddling her. And I'm like, where the fuck was this 30 years ago? <laughs> <You know? laughs> so... Uh, so yeah it's like a near-death experience for him to fucking wake up and mm. um and all that sort of thing but but yeah like when i put him in in their place and um and mum's like in mum was in tears not about what i was how i was speaking but everything coming to light you know she's like yeah she said because um yeah she's like i said dad you used to do this to mum you know and she she'd work like two blokes you know all day you know as hard as two men and you'd fucking cut her down and tell her to go and cook tea and this and that and and uh, mum, mum was nodding the head saying, you're dead right, you know. And, um, and you know, women, women of this generation today fucking wouldn't put up with that shit, you know. <laughs> they, were, yeah. they were built pretty pretty tough back in those days, I guess, you know, the old nunners. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's tough though when, when, like you said, as you grow up, you become what you see. That's a really powerful mm. revelation, mate. It really is. Oh, like, yeah. <clears throat> and um, then you convert that into just getting stalled, stuck in the chaos of life and all of a sudden when you're building businesses, building big business and providing for your family and doing things that is modeling what you saw in your father, including mm. uh, your attitude and whatnot. And then, like you said, you think that it's just you and no one helped you or, or you know, I was the lone wolf or I'm self-made, yeah. but essentially, um, you know, your wife was there for you because she could have left fucking ages ago, but she oh, did yeah. as well. So it's really I'm interesting. Amazing that, you, that she didn't. Yeah, yeah. it is. Amazing. But, um, mm. Yeah. And so anyway, and then, um, yeah, back to when I, back to the story where I joined HBF, um, and I, yeah, up the, uh, I up the membership or however you want to word it to, um, work one-on-one with Alex, with yourself there. Um, that's when I, you know, I felt within myself, we had to accelerate this, um, or I was going to lose her, you know what I mean? Mm. 
Um, and I didn't want any mongrels to get their mitts on her, you know what I mean? Um, or anything like that. And, um, yeah, anyway, um, it was phenomenal how I started to feel the change in me. Um, you know, like I, I used to, like when we had a lot of staff, like we had 20, 22 staff there at some point, you know, and, and I'm not a big burly guy or anything like that, but and I had some blokes that were working for me that were twice my size. And, um, and I never believed in anxiety. I never believed in depression. I, you know, I used to march up to blokes. I knew I was fucking ace, ace at my trade. You know what I mean? I was very, very confident in my work. Um, probably too fucking confident. But, um, you know, and I would cut blokes down. I didn't care how fucking big they were. If they fucked up their job and they were employed to do a job, you know, I would cut them down. I'd, and I'd reduce some decent-sized fellas to fucking tears and I would just tell them they were a pussy. I'm like, you harden the fuck up and just get the job done, for Christ's sakes, you know. And they'd be anxious or they'd be going through something and I had no compassion for them. In actual fact, back then, and I'm talking like back in, you know, late 2000s there, you know, 2007 or eight. Um, I'd actually get a kick out of fucking reducing these big fuckers down to nothing. You know what I mean? And, and Tasha would shake her head at me when I if I if I spruked about it. You know, she'd be like, "Shouldn't treat blokes like that." And I'm like, "Oh well, they're useless cunts." You know, I used to say. You know, mm. and and um, yeah, and and now now with the employees I have these days, I can sense that, um, and not just employees, subbies, whoever, even mates, you can tell when something's off. Um, my radar's up, I guess, um, where before I, I wouldn't even acknowledge it. I wouldn't even sense it. Where now I'm like, you okay? You want to talk about anything? I'd say to them, you know, is there something on your mind? What's the go? You know, and um, and uh, it was a bit of an adjustment for one of the fellas that's worked for me for the last couple of years because he's like, you're phenomenal now. You know, like you, you've gone from a pretty hard taskmaster to, um, to someone that actually cares and will take time to show me something properly and, and uh, not just throw me in the deep end and hope you swim, you know, sort of thing. And and all that sort of thing, and um, yeah, and um, so it's uh, it's been a real big change for me in a in a lot of ways, in a lot of good ways, and um, you know, nothing, um, yeah, nothing. I can't say a damn bad bad thing about HBF. It's um, in in how it's affected me, or worked with me, or changed me, because um, yeah, it's not only brought my marriage back to where it should be. It's um, the relationship with the kids. Um, <laughs> They're still getting surprised even today, you know, like like last night we um the daughter worked from um five till nine. So Tash and I decided to have a bit of H and H time, you know, as we call it. And um and yeah, and we we caught up with um our daughter at, at her work because we had to buy a few things um from where she works and and when we we're on the drive home, she said that even her work colleagues said, How cool is your dad? You know, like he was in here cracking a few jokes, you know, telling you this and that and, and um saying what a great job you're doing and blah 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 and um and he walked out holding your mum's hand and they were laughing and cuddling and i'm like yeah, right i didn't even know i was doing it you know but, um mm. so yeah so it's good to see that they're they're seeing it mates are noticing it you know and i've culled off the fuckhead mates that weren't in my corner when the chips were down and um mm. yeah i guess when you have a big um when your life gets tipped up upside down and you know who your mates are real quick and and the ones that you don't need in your life that you work out pretty quick, the ones that are fake, you know? Yeah. And it's, that's why I love like the environment of HPF. Like I love connecting to every man on the inside and helping them where they're at. Obviously I remember us having this conversation. I was like, Ren, man, you, you're in a time sensitive position and yep. you speak about like 
we talk about investing and, and we talk about this in various podcasts and whatnot, but like you said before, you had millions of dollars of assets. And so mm. the question I always ask men, if they're curious or they're, they're not sure if it's something that they value or think they should be doing mm. is, okay, what's the opportunity cost? What's going to cost you if you don't do something? And it's always yep. way fucking worse. They just bury their head oh, yeah. in the sand, Ren, or they don't yep. see yeah. it, you know? Um, oh, yeah, yeah. It's funny. Um, yeah, like uh, I was, I, compl- I opened up. One of my one of my subbies there. He he's uh, a little bit younger than me. Same thing. They got three kids, and and he's like, "What did you spend uh, with HBF?" And I rattled off a figure, and he said, "Oh fuck, oh, you know, I, I wouldn't spend that." I said, "What your boat cost you that you bought last year?" And he goes, um, "Oh yeah, it cost me about that much." I said, "Will that fucking thing save your marriage?" <laughs> and he goes, and he and he goes, "No." I said, "You how many times are you taking your missus on the boat with you?" And he goes, "Oh." Well, she never fucking asked, he said. Uh, I said, well, you think she might be a bit resentful when you go fishing with your mates and come back all fucking blind and smelly and all this sort of stuff? But, you know, I said, look, it was a drop in the ocean compared to what I would have had to lose. You know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, I said, um, and in all honesty, money didn't fact, once I got my head in the game and I knew I wanted to get my wife back and I knew I wanted to uh, rectify my marriage and, and get all that back where it should be, Money didn't factor into it. Assets didn't factor into it. I didn't give a fuck, actually. I wanted to um, sort myself out. It was priority one. I knew by doing that, she'd come back. I was very confident she'd come back. Um, and uh, and then the kids would all be drawn to us, and they'd be happy again. Because um, it's funny, as soon as I started to, um, to talk to her differently, let her know how I was feeling, things I was changing in myself, all these little things I was saying, and half the time I didn't even know I was saying it. You know, it was just we were making conversation and we'd just talk and this and that. And um, she'd be like, Wow, you're you're really changing. And I'm like, Yeah, fucking know. And it took her, and she's probably still a little bit guarded now. Um, and not not she's still probably still got a little bit more growth to go, you know, before we get right back to to fucking, you know, two hundred percent, um, putting in a hundred each. Um, which is look. <laughs> I was a cunt when we broke up. I, I unleashed some some fury and um you know and um I was I was messed up. I'll, I'll you know I'll will say that. Um so there's there's a bit of hurt that's um, no doubt healing and stuff like that. But um you know the poor bugger. Yeah I um, I should have never you know I should I wished I'd have joined honestly HBF five or ten years ago. So it never got to the you know mm. where it got to. Um, at least you're here though, mate. That's the hard part, isn't it? Because you look you look mm. at like just like we're talking about even around maybe a perspective around finances and whatnot. It's like, like you mate sharing the story with the boat, like at least you're mm. here. And look at the results, man. You had your wife who was in contact with other men. Things look mm. like they were dissolving to the point where you got a 12 gauge and you're contemplating, mm. um, you know, yeah, finishing this, this time around. And yep. that's some pretty crazy heavy shit to then go mm. into having your love life flourishing um, to the point where I look forward to catching up with you and Tash and doing a zoom and, um, and just yeah, awesome because I, I love being part of seeing the success and the story of, of these men in there and not just in their marriages, but in their life. Cause that's an important part of your life. It's an important part of your children's. This is the foundation oh, yeah. for the environment and guys, yep. guys will want to hang on to their boats and, but, <laughs> or, or they'll join when it's too late or, or, you know, yeah. they'll never join. And it's like, yeah, that's cool. Like, you don't like money. The funny part about money, man, is it circulates. Like it's useless until oh, yeah. it's used. So it's going to fucking be used for something anyway. But when, mm-hmm. when they don't use it on themselves, that's not my problem. And that's not a bad thing. Just as long as you're happy, you put your fucking hand up and go, yeah, yeah no, this is where my life is now. It's five years mm. later. Everything's torn to shit. My wife left. Everything's fallen apart. But no, no, I'm happy because this is the choice I made. We know that they're obviously not. But mm. you know my point, Ren. Like it's, it's, oh, it's yeah. a firm line that I take where it's like, okay, 
don't do anything, but yep. make sure you fucking own all of the outcome because as men, we need to lead first oh, and yeah. foremost inside of ourselves first. And is that what, I mean, you said that, that was the first step. So we're talking about breaking this down for these guys now, like specifically what happened and changed. It started, didn't it, Ram, with you actually working on yourself, man, getting your head right, yourself, oh, uh, yeah. your routines and actually starting to, to, to focus on you first, didn't it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Before I joined HPF, I was having a um, – I'd had it about four or five times. I'd had a recurring fucking dream that um, – and it was almost carbon copy dream every night. I I couldn't – like if I came to bed – this is obviously when things were pe- – when pear-shaped with me and the missus – and um, I could not get to sleep some nights. I would come in – I would just try and exhaust myself in my work. Um, you know, it could be anything from book work to out in the shed welding or doing whatever. Um, I was not eating. Um, I was drinking half a bottle of fucking whiskey to get to sleep to just wipe myself out almost, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, it was it was fucked. And uh, I was having a recurring dream every night that I'd get up out of my bed, I'd, I'd walk into my ensuite, the mirror would become a like a, a see-through window and I'd see Tash with someone else and I'd be punching, my, punching into the glass to try and break it, screaming for him to stop until my arms were uh, all bloody, my hands were all bloody. And... You know, I'd wake up in a ball of sweat in the bed and no one's fucking here. Nothing's happened, but it was just your subconscious or whatever, however they, they you know, it is. But, um, you know, none of that happened. But, um, yeah, it was just, it was like, that was how fucked up I was, you know what I mean? Um, but, yeah, and then once I um, I got on the level with HBF and I uh, and I just basically said, righto, this is the road we're going down. It, it rang true to me. Um, you know, I was like, righto, let's give this a good crack. Because I'd never done anything like that in my life um or anything like that got on the you know on the on the mojo and the night rider and the protein powder and um and, and following the and got into training actually too you know got out of the rut i was in cut out the drinking um you know like fuck that not fucked it off completely at that time but um you know just dropped it back to fuck all started eating good again too um spoke to ken um you know like i've spoken to all just about all the fellas that you know um at hbf there that, that you threw at me and they're all decent blokes you know and got on a really good pro- program because i wasn't even eating enough i didn't even realize you know i told him my routine he's like hang on you eat that little bit and um you run on coffee till 11 and then you have a feed at 11 and it sounds like a fucking kid's feed because i just scoffed it down and run and um and he said then you come home and late at night and have a big big steak and whatever and you know i said yeah he said yeah you gotta change that son you know (laughs) and i'm like right no worries and um yeah you know and um and now you know i've adjusted things you know like when when the day will allow me depending on our schedule um and i've restructured the business too because i was taking on fuck loads of work myself and running myself into the ground and expecting too much of my staff that were working for me at the time and they're still here um so I've um, yeah restructured things, delegated different blokes in different areas, and and freed myself up where now I can, you know, structure the day where I can ring because obviously Tash has moved back in now and everything like that. Um, I can ring Tash and I'll be like, hey, it's ten thirty. You um you up for some brunch or smoke? And she'd be like, yep, no worries. And I'll come home and I'll cook a uh, you know feed a bacon or snags or eggs and stuff like that. And we'll have a feed together and. And, um, yeah, and then we might smash out some book work for a few hours and then I'll, you know, 2.30, I might rip out and see where jobs are at, see what we've got to organise for the next few days for deliveries and keep on top of things or you might catch up with clients and all that sort of thing. Um, but I, I guess the other, um, not only just getting my health and my, my head in the game, the other big thing I realised too 
Um, and it, and I, I listened to the podcast a fair bit too. Um, was the self made myth was actually how much um, Tash used to actually do in the business, or she still does. She never she never stopped. Um, because yeah, I used to say to people, yeah, she's a bookkeeper, but I fuck all I do is invoice, I quote, I do the contracts, I check the job costings. She does all the basses, the tax preps, pays, work cover, super, <laughs> entering the whole the whole of the accounting program. She does all that, and um, she's bloody amazing at it. Because I engaged a bookkeeper thinking that Tash was going to run off into the sunset with some other bloke, and I I hit the panic button and I engaged a bookkeeper, and she's like, um, "Your wife did all this." And I'm like, "Yeah, as far as I know," <laughs> and um, because I, I wasn't even a, you know. I had no fucking clue how much she'd done. She's like, she was doing a fuckload of work. I said, well, she still is, but I don't know what she's going to do, you know, because I didn't know where we were going to be at in a few months. And, and um, yeah, and that's when I started, it started to hit home in me. And I actually sat her down one day because we were sharing the kids at the time. And I'm like, I told her what this lady had said. And I'm like, well, yeah, I said, I'm sorry for not actually acknowledging you and, and how much and appreciating you, how much you, you are doing and you do, you do every day. And, and that, yeah, almost reduced her to tears because she'd never heard it from me before, you know? And, um, and then as the journey continued with HBF and, um, I started to get my head in the game and, uh, and things were going, starting to shine, I guess, you know, I was starting to dominate again in my game because there were days when I couldn't even go to work and I was, um, that fucked um just mentally um and that there and uh yeah and she started tash started to notice that and um you know and i'd bring her through the day i'd be like hey i'm, I'm at this job you know what are you up to and she'd be like oh right yeah and um you know she started to get a bit surprised that i'd reached out to her and talked to her and and stuff like that and um yeah and anyway um something clicked one day there i um i just thought you know what i'm gonna because we were still living apart this is going back might have been June, late May, early June, something like that. And um, actually, no, it might have been late June. Yeah. I'd said to her, you want to go on a date? And she's like, um, oh, okay. And I, I'd already started the, um, you know, I was already with you, Alex, and uh, and stuff like that. And Tash and I had gone out on a date. It was really good. Um, we, I, I, I was telling her a fair bit about the, the journey I was on and stuff like that. And I could tell she was very skeptical um you know she whether she didn't quite believe i was actually um capable of change and stuff like that and um and yeah anyway um we continued on and we had two or three more dates and um and we'd had some uh tickets booked for different things that were family things um you know months and months before anything had happened and um anyway they were coming up and i said to her listen i said um I don't want to take anyone else to these fucking things. I said, I want to take you and the kids. <laughs> All right. And, um, and she's like, yeah, right. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, we went to them and I guess we just continued day by day and week by week getting closer and closer. Um, I, I continued listening to, you know, I guess my routine now has become any spare minute I get where I'm driving or I'm in a machine. I'll listen to a podcast um you know there's a couple of hundred of them there and i think from from the very first one i think i'm up to 120 something that i've listened to religiously one after another um sometimes i do jump to the recent ones and and go from there and um but they're uh, they're unreal to, to listen to um i started to encourage tash to listen to a couple of them and she did and she found them so moving as well especially like the one with you and your wife alex and um, a couple other different ones and um mm. 
Yeah, and she's found them found them unreal. And um, and yeah, it's uh, what's her name? And she did her fair share of research when I told her about HBF too, because she'd never heard of it and um, and all that. And she, yeah, and she actually said to you, I think, when you rang me when I, when I was in Brisbane with Tash, she'd just come out of hospital, and um, I told you she was in the car with me. We were taking her somewhere. And uh, her words, you'd asked her um, how she's found the change in me um, since joining HBF, and her words were, it's like a miracle, you know? Mm. Hey, and I'd never heard those words come out of her mouth, you know? Hey, not since the kids were born anyway. <laughs> yeah, she was very enthusiastic that you'd done the program, mate, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, 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 still is. And, um, um, yes. she, and, you know, the other night she was saying we were having um, some deep talks because um, it made, in all honesty, 20 fucking years together, I reckon if you calculated or tallied up the amount of conversations we'd had, and I'm talking deep conversations about we'd had either about each other, about the relationship, not about the kids, just about meaningful relationship stuff, I reckon it, in the last well, 19 and a half years, say, it wouldn't have equated up to a fucking week. You know what I mean? Where now we can have full-on, deep, solid, meaningful discussions and conversations that'll go fucking hours, you know, and, they, and you don't get bored because you're, it's yeah it's like we've it's a, it's almost like her and i are a new start now it's, it's um you know it's phenomenal like i'll be honest with you the the sex is off tap it's unreal <laughs> and um you know it's uh we just can't get enough of each other you know it's um it's full on there's a lot of you know yeah you know, just it's kind of like a new relationship there's flirting through the day whether it be phone calls facetimes text messages um there's a lot of passion um you know uh, we help each other out. We're, we're an unreal dynamic now. Um, you know, I can be packing up, you know, on the other side of town, you know, and I'll be, I'll ring her. I'll be like, Hey, just jumped in the truck, heading home, need any groceries, bottle of milk. What do you need? And she'll, she'll, um, yep, that'd be great. Or no, come home and I'll help her cook. And, um, or, um, yeah, I let her know, you know, I've got a bit to do outside before I head in. She's like, no problem. I've got it sorted, you know, all that sort of stuff. So it's, um, yeah, it's a phenomenal dynamic now. Mm. It's it's incredible. Um, when, when I look at this, friend, I've just written a few little notes too. Uh, mm. How often we we don't just keep things, like for a lot of guys, they just got to freshen it up a little bit. Like what you're talking about, it's like you're starting over again. But a lot of the times they'll either do exactly the same thing or nothing and it just becomes dull. But it's not like you have to create... 550 different ways that you're going to talk to Tash. It's just making sure there's A, some variety, and B, just keeping it fresh, keeping in touch with each other. There are different stages and phases of, of, of relationships, but essentially just because it gets old doesn't mean it can't still be exciting. And no, I guess yeah. the, word, the words that I've got here is ignite, motivate, inspire. Like think about your training regime. Think about your nutrition, your training, your mindset, dialing in the coaching sessions here, your work, your business, all these different things. A, you've got to do something to get a result straight away. And B, there's got to be some sort of continued commitment to drive that result to continually motivate you. Like if you didn't get paid for your work, like you did three jobs, five jobs, 12 jobs, and no one's giving you any money. You'd be like, what the fuck's happening? There's no result, no transaction. Well, same with marriages, man. So guys just assume, um, you know, we say take it for granted, but they just assume that, you know, should we write, everything's okay. But mm. deep down, both the man and the woman aren't happy or, or they're holding back and, and they've got this okay. resentment because they're suppressing things. And at the end of the yep. day, man, like even that, like what you've done and credit to you and to Tash, like I think I said that in the car as well um, with her when I was, when we're chatting, um, you know, 
credit to both of you for igniting, motivating, inspiring, inspiring each other to start to invest into this again. Cause it is just something that's in the air. It's like, I talk about that organism and it dies. If you, if you don't feed it, it starves to death, but you can't feed it though, Ren, what it needs. If you don't have, this is why people like, this isn't a fitness program, what we do, you know, and I've said that fucking enough times. So I'm not going to bring it up again, but one of the elements is absolutely energy. Like what Ren was talking about, your nutrition, your training, your morning and night routines, if you don't dial that in, A, you don't have control over yourself for the day, and B, it's actually a sign of a lack of respect. If you don't have self-respect, friend, how the fuck are you going to win your wife over? You're not, are you? That's right. It's why you need to give to yourself. You need to invest in yourself and apply some effort in any area. For men, primarily, yeah, physical is really, it's actually quite easy and direct. Training, nutrition, stay on point. Business, yes, but is it a means to an end if you're not actually looking after your or involving your wife or your family or or making sure that doesn't hinder when you do come home? Um, yeah. Yes, it is. It's going to hurt you. Um, it will lead to an end. But that's what I love about what I've seen with you most, man. And, and I don't mean that to be rude to you or anyone else, but you might look at it and go, no, I respected myself before, Al. I'm like, yeah, well, maybe you did, but did you respect yourself as much as you needed to to be that version that you needed to for everyone? Maybe not. Yeah. But, um, what are some of the best? I mean, I remember I've, I've got here actually a couple of the the, uh, the post-it notes from, from Tash that um, you shared with me. <laughs> You know, um, it's awesome. Thank you for becoming, for changing, becoming a better man. Love Tash. Thank you for being awesome. Um, just be yourself with me. I love you for being a good person. Um, and obviously Ren's, you know, shared some other private things with me, but it's just, it's just epic to see mate, both sides, um, of the story, not just me working with you and and you being part of HPF. Um, what do you think are the biggest changes with this, like with yourself and with Tash, but then also, um, because you mentioned some examples with the kids and what they're now getting in the in well, it's household. unreal. Like, I was never in tune, um, with how Tash felt. Like, if she was a bit overwhelmed with her day with the kids or with work, or um, if I was feeling insecure or if she was feeling insecure in herself or whatever, I, I was not there for her. I, I was not sensing it, I was not feeling it. Where now it's phenomenal how both of us are so in tune with each other because, look, I'm only human. I've I, even after things have gotten real good with us, I still have me down days occasionally. You know, you get that fucking voice in your head that's um, telling you, you know, oh, you know, you're not, you're not good enough, or this or that, you know. And um, and some days that voice, you know, not so much now, but some days that voice can get fucking loud in your own head. And uh, and she, Tash, is so um, so up with picking when if I'm having a bit of a quiet day or I'm a bit down um, or I haven't checked in with her, you know, like normally I check in with her around smogo time to see how her day is going, how the kids went off to school, all that sort of thing. Um, yeah, she'll um, she'll be like, how are you doing? Everything all right? You know, and, and that sort of thing and um, and vice versa, you know. I, I do the same with her and, um, yeah, and we're there for each other. We If we sense that we're a bit bit off or a bit flat, we'll talk to each other, you know, and um, and it's phenomenal, like within – but the next, the rest of the day seems to go really well. You've got that off your chest. You've, um, or you, you've dealt with that demon, or she's helped me um, put that uneasiness or insecurity to rest and and go from there. You know, it's um, it's what a real good dynamic should be, I guess. And in all honesty, look, um, I'm so so um, looking forward to the future now. Um, you know, like there's, you can't take anything for granted. I've learned too. Um, you know, like I, I took her for granted forever. You know leading up to what happened i never thought she'd ever leave um 
and that and um but yeah i i know not to take tash for granted now or my kids or anything like that and um i need to give back to them as just as much as you put into anything your business if you want something to prosper you got to give back you know what i mean and um and yeah little things like whether it be gifts or time alone or you know um you know vacations or whatever it may be you know what i mean just um yeah, just giving back and um, and reinvesting in in not just myself, but in in the relationship, in the family. Um, yeah, just um, you know, making them all feel very loved and very very worthy, and um, you know, taken care of and all that sort of stuff. You know, so um, mm. so don't they don't um, you know drift away from us or anything like that. You know, or from each other. No, yeah. it's very important. It's powerful stuff, man. Like it's it's what we we've spoken about you and me with um stability. Like you're creating stability for your children, yeah. Stability for Tash, your wife, probably even stability, like you mentioned in brief examples for your workers or colleagues. You know that's yep. that's what you know that's what leadership is, man. You want a high level of leadership. It's handling your own shit on top of helping other people through theirs, and that's a yep. really powerful thing, man. That you should be yeah you, know, you should be proud of. But also yeah, when when it comes to taking things for granted, it, it's crazy how easily and how quickly we can slip into that but how old are you ren uh 42 now yeah mate so the averages of, of life say you're going to be fucking dead in 40 years so at the mm. end of the day like do you and i or anyone really have anything we should be taking for granted the answer is no man like we we shouldn't be taking anything for granted um yeah you know, so yeah yeah i was of the mentality you know like, yeah because that's you know we've got a caravan brand new uncommon you know we had one a few months ago we just sold and and um yeah, she'd be like, oh, we should go traveling and do something, see a bit of this country. And like, you know, Tasha's parents, the poor buggers have done it. They've, they've been around and they're, they're in their late 60s, early 70s. And, you know, they're, they're struggling to do a big trail or a big hike. You know, my parents aren't of the um, ability to do it now either, you know. And, um, and it's through all this stuff and different revelations I've had through this journey that I'm like, you know what? there's more to life than fucking work. <laughs> you know, there's, um, we, you don't have to be the richest man in the cemetery, you know what I mean? Or, or any of this sort of thing. Um, yeah. Let's, let's give back to each other and let's, you know, you know let's enjoy ourselves. Hey. Mm. Yeah. Well, but, you, your children, what are they? 15, 13, nine. They'll only be that age once, right? That'll yeah. change next year. That'll change. <laughs> you don't have to wait 10 years. That'll change in a year. Um, yeah. just yeah. like mine have and everyone's does. Um, great, great stuff, mate. Like what, you know, I guess upon reflecting, and then we'll, we'll chart the course for what, what the future looks like. But upon reflecting, like how does, or how did it make you feel when you look back on, you know, the family walking on eggshells and the girls, you know, having that, that level of a sense of unknowing with, with the old version of Ren, now that you're version 2.0. Uh, when I look back at how I used to be, I'm very disappointed in myself. Um, rather disgusted actually. Um, not at all what I would want one of my future husbands of my daughters, you know, one of my daughter's future, future husbands to be like, you know, or treat them. That's, you know, that's not the environment I would want for anyone. You know, it's, it's fucked, you know, like you, you want a happy home. You want to, you know, you want your kids when you get home to run it, be happy to run out and um, cuddle you when you hop out the ute, you know, or your wife to come out and see you and give you a big cuddle, you know, and, um, and a kiss, not um, freaking out inside or just waiting to see, oh, what, what moves this cunt going to be in when he get, walks in the door, you know? <laughs> what are we like today? Mm-hmm. And um, and that sort of shit, you know? So it's, um, yeah, it was it was shit, um, you know? Yeah, it's uh, it's not a healthy environment for any family. Mm-hmm. 
And it's one that'll never happen again, mate, because here he is, Ren, Ren 2.0, which is which is amazing. You know, one thing I will mention too, Rennie, I'm really glad, mate, that for the first time, this is the first, you talk about podcast episodes, right? Like, and you've you've gone through a fair chunk, you're up to 120 and you bounce around a little bit. Mate, you should check out number 214. I'm sure you'll listen to that a few times. That is an absolute pearl. Do you know which one that is? One of the most recent ones. It's the one you and me doing now. But... Oh, fuck. Right. <laughs> there you go. David, you know what? I'm glad this is the first episode out of 214 now, Ren, where I'm not the person who said the most swear words. You've dropped <laughs> the C-bomb about six times, mate, and you've said fuck about 38 times. I'm like, yes. Oh, <laughs> if anyone's got a problem with my swearing, fucking speak to Ren. He'll sort you out. <laughs> Donnie Kirkland will have a drama. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. JK. Nah, he was an awesome episode too. Oh, JK. That was, that was unreal. A lot of knowledge and wisdom like yourself and every other man who's been through the journey. When we speak about that, though, can't mm. wait the future for the future and whatnot. I guess what would be, well, you've painted a picture of, of, of that and you're moving forward, which is going to be, like you said, like it is exciting with what's next. But also um, one of the things we love, which is why you said yes to this as well, Ren, is this is a service that we're providing to men who maybe not have been in the position where, they are at the other end like yourself, men who maybe might be in the re- in, right in the middle of it, maybe men who um, they don't know but that's coming, right, and they're not sure what to do. But I guess I guess, in your wisdom and your results and experience, man, what would be your advice to fathers, like fathers who might be stuck in the rut, having marital issues, they haven't got their shit together, but they don't feel like they're high-performing fathers. And fatherhood is a symbol for life, service, family, mm-hmm. yourself. They may be doing well in business and making money and, like you said, you know, striving yeah. to be the richest man in the cemetery. But what would be, I guess, a couple of key mindset pieces, revelations or points of advice for the man who might be listening to this who is struggling at the moment but he's actually not on the inside yet? All right. Well, my advice to them was I thought I had life by the balls, right? Eh? I had, we had finances were good, had all the toys, all that sort of thing. But I knew I wasn't happy in myself, okay? And it wasn't until... I joined HPF and they made me aware of how important it was to invest in yourself. And it took me a little while to work out what the fuck that meant, you know, um, invest in yourself, invest in yourself. And yeah, it, um, once it clicked, yeah, a lot of things became a lot clearer. Um, it gave me the ability to look at myself and see who I was um, and who I'd been. And I'll tell you what, I wasn't happy with that. Um, how I treated my family, my wife, workers friends you know um all that sort of thing i thought oh, i've got to change things up something fierce here um so it's made me it's helped me grow as a person as an individual as a father as a husband um all that sort of thing as an employer um yeah anyone who's contemplating it if you're in a rut if if uh you feel disconnected you know even if your wife's already left it ain't over you know what i mean don't give up um join it join hbf get off the fence and jump in and um yeah and see what uh what a better person you can become or what a better man you can become eh? because um you know we're only as good as what we have a crack at and um you know you got to give yourself you got to give back to yourself and um and then it seems to all just uh happen around you um you know you said to me a while back alex you're becoming the chief now in your family and it's it's dead true you know like um you become that um that driven focused man who's got his shit together, but you know, I can, I can, um, I can stand up and be that Viking if I need to be and be the assertive man and make a decision or be the protector. But Hey, I can still roll around on the floor with the kids and muck around and be the panda too, you know? And, um, 
and all that sort of stuff and have a tickle and, and um, stir them all up, you know, probably when I shouldn't when they're going to bed, but hey, they'll be right <laughs> and um, all that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, you know, um, yeah, so uh, I never used to do that sort of thing. And um, so, yeah, look, some guys might be lucky enough that this sort of thing just, you know, happens, but um, I think there's a hell of a lot of blokes out there that, um, you know, that need the the assistance, and I think it's from what I'm noticing too, and I'm, I've become very aware. When you're in business for yourself, and you don't want to fail, and you want to reach a certain goal, you put the, all these expect expectations on yourself. Because I've seen it happen in my industry, and even like agriculture and stuff like that. We live in a very agricultural, you know, solid area. It's um, and that there, and I've seen young fellas around my age, you know, or younger, having a good go. And at this moment, you know, around the place, their um, marriages are falling apart, you know, and um, and something's got to give. It's very hard when you when you're so driven to um, to succeed to get that work life balance right. That's so. I, I had it all fucked up, you know, when um, prior to HBF. Where now I'm like, no, you know, it's uh, it's it's on the level now. It's where it should be, you know, and um, and communication. Fuck me, that is so critical um talking to your wife to your kids you know it's the most critical thing ever if you've got issues worries concerns speak up don't bottle it all up you know because i was i was probably the worst communicator on earth you know i reckon um prior to this um it's so important no phenomenally important no mm. solid yeah. stuff mate like talking leads to clarity which means yep you know where you stand. That That's really important, man, especially for guys, like you said, who are hungry, they want to drive their business and create outcomes in what either A, they've been conditioned to believe or B, it's a self-driving thing. You know, I want to yep. make sure that I'm pushing where I can in family, self and service, but yep. it really is incredible, Ren, how you brought the, the whole package together, which is what we entail. And when I say the whole package, it's not a case of, hey, men, you know, you, have it all or have everything. Just have those three areas fucking squared away at a high level, you know, and, um, and a lot of guys... I get it, you know. They may not have invested in themselves before. Here's a different way to paint the picture. When we're talking about investing in yourself, investing in yourself, investing in yourself, let's put it a different way. If where you're currently at with your life is a place where you desire better outcomes, you need to fucking get better. It's that simple. Like, you're not good enough. Get fucking better. I'm not saying yep. you're not good enough to me. You're not good <clears throat> enough in your own life. You're not good enough to the standards you fucking know you should rise up to and you can rise mm. up to. It's that simple. Like, yep. it's not investing in yourself. I want to go walk on coal and super soakers and techno mm. music and pray and I all like these different things. Yeah. yeah. And, and all, yeah. And, and all these different things, which may individually work. I don't know. But at the end of the day, we're not here just to hype you up for a weekend and then send you off. This is a journey. Yep. But at the end of the day, um, if you're not good enough to reach the outcomes that you desire, you need to fucking get better. That's what I mean yep. by investing in yourself. You need to become better. You need to become a better man, a better mm. father, a better husband, and a better business owner. Mm. So hopefully that clears the air. When, when I say invest in yourself, it's just a really easy thing to talk about. But for those who aren't clear on it, that's what we mean. If you want a different mm. outcome, you need to be different. You've got to be a different person. Is that is that a fair statement? I mean, you're a powerful yeah. businessman, and this isn't for the weak-hearted either. Like this is for you know, um, this is for men who are strong. They are yep. successful in some areas. They they are powerful men, but they've they've dropped the ball because power comes in a few different ways, not just money or business or or cutting men down. The malt, the fiery Maltese. I'm half Italian. I grew up with uh, Len Dilo. That's right near me, mate. But I grew up near um. 
Adenza Park and everything and lots and lots of farming. And yeah, we, we had lots of um, Maltese and Italian, very fiery. But I could, I could just picture you right now cutting someone, cutting someone like me down in half who, who didn't do the job properly. But um, oh, lots but, of shouting, arms waving, <laughs> fucking eyes blaring, and all that sort of stuff. Uh, you know, lots of zucchini like, throwing and oh. stabbing. And <laughs> yeah, um, everywhere. Yeah, but is that a fair statement, man? Like when we talk about investing yourself, it's just, it's not that you're not good enough, friend. It's like, okay, well, I want my life to be better. Well, you know, I guess I've got to be better too. I mean, it's pretty, oh, yeah. You know. Yep, 100%. It's um, it's just how it's got to be. And it was not easy for me to, to um, for that to be accepted in myself. I'm like, fucking got to be better. Like, fuck me. All I've ever done is work. And, um, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a pub goer. Or, you know, I'm not, you know, not that there's anything wrong with that, but I, I thought in my own head that I was putting my family first. You know what I mean? Um, I'm like, where have I gone so wrong here? But, you know, Tash made a statement to me once there. She said, you know, she said, I don't need a six-figure bank account. You know, I don't need a flash home. I don't need a new car every couple of years. She said, I don't need the best of everything. She said, all I want is you. I'm like, fuck. Yeah, right, eh? Okay. So, you know, I said, and I, I got on the defense, on the defense there. I said, so you don't appreciate everything I've done. And I'm, she's like, no, 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 I do. Um, she said, but it's coming at the expense of you being with us. She said to me, you know, she's, she's like, we never see you. You're seven days a week. You're making excuses to go to work. And I was because uh, I, I didn't even know I was doing it until I had some revelations through joining HBF. I was making excuses to go to work even when I didn't fucking have to. Um, because I dominated at work. I was, I was the ruler at work and I found peace at work because there was no challenge where at home, I didn't know how to talk to the kids. I didn't know how to talk to the missus. I didn't know how to open up to her and say, where do you need a hand here? And stuff like that, or really properly open up and say, Hey, I'm fucking struggling here. You know? Um, so I just used to take the easy way out and say, I'm going to work. And in myself, I justified that as, as being a good enough reason to, to take off and leave them for the day um because i was going to work you know what i mean in my own brain it was justifiable you know um and she began to she began to resent that you know mm. so and, and and now that you zoom out it just becomes so clear doesn't it when you're like mm. okay i develop these skills i get better at this i say yes to this which means i can say no to that and mm. it's not that you weren't doing things with good intentions or with the right intention it's just mm. that Life as a whole requires certain skills in certain areas, and when it comes yeah, to much. our wives, so where's the roadmap or the rule book or the uh, we're coming out with a book, Ren? But I mean, it's yeah. a, for a lot of men before now, yeah, where was yeah. the book? You know, um, yeah. so credit to you, man. I really appreciate you spending the time, and no, this is right. an epic, epic podcast where in this episode you, you're really breaking open the, the whole journey from A to B for yourself, for your wife, for your children, still maintaining your business. And it's just mm. it's just great to share your story as well, Ren. So I appreciate you coming on and, and sharing it too, mate, for all those fathers out there who who are inspired by this to take action and, yeah. and level themselves up, not because we're saying you're not good enough, but because you can and you're living and that's the gift and the miracle of life. So let's do something with it, right? That's it. No, no. Family, your marriage, all that sort of stuff. It's too valuable and too precious to throw away, you know. Like, um, yeah, it's uh, I, you know, we do work for clients, and I talk to fathers and stuff like that, where their families have fallen apart or their marriages have fallen apart, you know. And um, yeah, it's uh, it, to me, it's too special a thing, you know, um, to to just turn my back on. I um, I wanted to fix it, you know what I mean. But I um, yeah, I had to fix myself first um, because I guess. 
you know, growing up for, you know, 17, 18 years at home in a, in a family like I had, you know, where they were just basically all workaholics, um, you know, and then, um, yeah, getting married, you know, three, four years after moving out of home or whatever it was. And, and then, you know, falling straight back into that role. Um, yeah. Just driven by, uh, I guess, you know, the, the, uh, driven by, you know, just the desire to be successful and, and provide, um, rather than, than have, um, you know, happiness and, and love and compassion in a relationship and enjoy life. You know, it's, um, yeah, just got to get everything lined up or more, um, in tune with your partner. You know what I mean? That, um, and it was through good communication that I was able to do that, you know, which I developed through HBF, um, you know, to, to work out what you both want and what makes you both happy. You know, it's funny. I, I've had staff, you know, you know, work for me and they've left, um, they've given notice and I'm like, why are you leaving? You're, you're bloody good at your job. And, you know, you start thinking, am I not paying you enough? And what's the go? And they're like, actually, no, it's, um, it's not you. It's not the pay. You know, it's, uh, I want to be happy. And, um, and I'm like, hmm, radio. I'm like, fucking hell, you know, what's that all about? And I actually said that to Tash, um, is going back a few years now, but it, it clicks now. It, I get it, you know, and if, you, if you're not doing something that is making you happy, fucking change it, you know what I mean? Like, um, yeah, like, I, yes, I'm a builder now at the moment, but I, I know I won't be doing it all my life. I, I Once I find something is going stale and is not, not giving me the satisfaction in myself or that um, passion in myself, the spark, to keep moving forward, I'll reinvent myself, you know what I mean? I'll, I'll channel my energies into a new area. And it's funny, um, you know, after going down this journey and, and, you know, listening to Sunday charge ups and podcasts and, and, um, you know, the weekly doing the weekly tabs and, and all that sort of thing. When I sit, I can, I can even just, um, sit on a bench, you know, if I'm waiting for one of the kids or Tash to come out of somewhere and I'll look at couples walking or you'll overhear them talk and, or it might be blokes I work with and I'm like, they're not happy. They're disconnected. Like what's going on there? You know, they got issues, <laughs> you know, and, and if you get the opportunity to talk to someone and say, Hey, you got to work on this or you got to, you know, you got to work together. Don't shut the door on each other. Don't just become housemates that are raising kids that occasionally fuck. And, and, uh, and then, cause what's going to happen is when the kids leave home, you're both going to fucking think you're strangers and you're just going to leave, you know, it's all going to fall apart, you know? Um, yeah. And, one or two people I have been able to talk to that are friends of ours that I've um, been able to, you know, not even know that I've helped them. Um, it actually makes me feel good inside, you know, that, um, because they're like, yeah, your advice that you're giving us is really good. You know what I mean? Where less than a year ago, I would have been like, oh, they're in a pickle. I'll just walk away from them, you know, and, um, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't bat an eyelid where it's, um, it's good to help people these days, you know, and, um, and uh, yeah, and, and just, yeah, you know, be a nice person, not uh, not be a hard case all the time. Yes. Yeah. Well spoken. Well spoken, Ren. Very true, man. Very true. No I think. Thank you again for jumping on, mate. And thank you guys for watching or, or listening to this episode. I hope you got a lot of value out of it. Uh, another success story. Um, I've got I've got too many podcasts lined up with too many men now, Ren. There's a bit of a backlog because I haven't done this for a while, mate. So we might have to pump it up and just get these rolling out because they're just there's so many special stories, just like yourself, mate. And it's um. Thanks for the opportunity. Uh, um, it was a little bit daunting. I've never done it before, but um, hope I haven't bored everyone to tears. <laughs> no, no, you can't dominate, mate. Throw it out, throw it out the random curse words, mate. We're more than enough to keep us all on the edge of our seat, waiting which one was next. And uh, no, I'm just kidding. It was, it was awesome, mate. It was great. So I hope you guys got a lot of value in this. And um, what a solid story. Thank you, Ren.
No, you're right. Thank you, Alex. We'll talk soon. And that's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed this episode and got some golden nuggets with possibly one or two aha moments as well. If you truly loved and enjoyed what you listened to, then I want to invite you to share this episode with someone who you know needs to hear this. It could be your brother, friends, colleagues, your uncle, even your wife. If there's one thing I've learned, it's that none of us are alone in the hardships we face. But the solution to getting back on top winning can start with a gift from someone else. And that gift could be an episode like this. Because another man transformed is another family saved, which is exactly what we're all about. Thriving and winning in life. There is no alternative. It's possible. It has been done. It can be done. So it should be done. I appreciate your support in spreading this message. Cheers, mate.